Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Outside Shots with my man, Eddie Johnson. I'm Saul Bookman, uh, the overdressed uh, Eddie Johnson, because I don't know. You did something this morning. What'd you do this morning? I did you went work, MC. I'll work for you, you went to MC an event. I'll work for you. You went to MC an event. What'd you, where'd you for, MC, Eddie? I'll work for a where'd you. Where'd you MC? Okay. Uh, <laughs> what did you do? Uh, just a beautiful organization. That does a tremendous job, human trafficking. Yeah, so a little bit sad, but you know. Well, wait, wait, what was the organ? Wait, 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 okay, time out. You didn't say that the right way. What was the organization that you were anti-human trafficking? There we go. <laughs> the organization was not human trafficking; it was anti-human trafficking. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, first and foremost, it all depends on the mouth it's coming out of. But it also depends on the mouth it's coming out of. Because if I say it was an organization on human trafficking they automatically would know that it's anti because I'm not the kind of person that would be into human trafficking. You really trust everybody in, in yes, this, in this world? Based on, in my social, re- based on my reputation. Social media yeah, to, based to on take my, you based, at your word? Based on my reputation, yes. All right. All yeah. right. Well, based on reputation, DeAndre Aiden is gone. So there's that. That happened yesterday. And if you were living under a rock yesterday, you might have missed this huge trade. So the Suns received Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. Uh, the Blazers received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Aiden, Tumani Kamara, two, uh, 2029 unprotected first, and some Bucks pick swaps. And then the Bucks received Damian Lillard, obviously the biggest piece of all this. But we're going to stay here for, for right now and talk about DeAndre Aiden. Um, Eddie, I don't think it's, it's breaking news to say that people in the organization at the Suns uh, were not exactly, you know, thrilled with DA. Um, maybe not optimistic about what he would be able to bring to the team, and and in some respects they were looking for a for a way to to put both entities in a better position, is what I would say. Um, Charles Barkley actually echoed those same sentiments. I'm shocked that he went to Milwaukee. Uh, so obviously Milwaukee should be the betting favorites now. You know, it's clear that the Suns had something was going on with uh, with with DeAndre Ayton, and you know, it goes back to that was an issue with Monty Williams and DeAndre, and now clearly it must have been something else going on in the organization. They clearly just want to get rid of him, but the big winner uh, is the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, and I'm not upset with what the Suns did. I mean. I- so, so he had those thoughts about what was going on behind the scenes. 
uh, Eddie, you know, you obviously you're probably a little bit more schooled than I am on this. What what was your overall take about this this trade? Well, I mean, I I agree and disagree with Charles. I I I, I disagree on the reasons they traded DeAndre. Uh, I think every player has his issues with teams. Every player goes through certain instances where they're not happy uh, and you get out of it. We don't carry that. Charles knows this too. You don't carry that over a period of time. Uh, But I agree that the Suns had to do something and it had nothing to do with his attitude. It had something to do with fit. Uh, and DeAndre is a guy that still wants to prove that he's more capable of 18 and 10, especially the 18. Uh, I don't know about the 10. That's up to him. Uh, but the 18, he believes he should get more touches. I have no issue with him thinking that. He's a young player. He wants to prove himself. So why shouldn't he want more touches from an individual standpoint? Uh, he was going to be the fourth wheel and at times the fifth wheel if Aaron Gordon has it going, right? So because of that, he wasn't going to get a lot of shots. Uh, he was going to have to go work for his shots, run the floor, get on the glass, and all of that. Well, he sees himself differently. He sees himself as a go-to guy at times. So because of that, it would have been an issue. But, and, and I think you – I'll just finish here. And I think because of that, uh, the fit wasn't going to work. So now he'll go to Portland. And he'll put up better numbers. He will. Because he's going to get more touches. He's going to be the one or the two guy. So he'll, he'll, he'll average more points. Uh, he'll be more, he'll look like he's more aggressive. And then people will say, oh, why did you all trade him? Look at what he's doing. He would have never done that here. Yeah, true. So, I mean, that's, that's not, the point. Not as he's currently constructed. And that's where I would, I would push back. I'm, I, listen, this is where, this is where, I, I was I, I've been guilty of this is like I've been clamoring for him to get more touches because I felt like he could do more. However, I do think I'm sorry if you're a great player, you can dictate this outcome a lot more than he did. And I don't think he 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 challenged that notion as as aggressively as he could have and forced the issue more on the court with his play than he did. And, and I, I, I just I, listen. I'm a I'm a big DA guy. Like I've I've loved him ever since college. But I I honestly feel like, you know, it wasn't handed to him, and he wanted it handed to him in certain respects. And I thought he could have done more to force the issue with his play. He could have been more aggressive on the boards. He could have been more aggressive offensively instead of you know taking the easy way out. And I feel like when I look at DeAndre Ayton's time here, I feel like in a large respect that. He, he relatively took the easy way out in, in a lot of circumstances. And I just don't think – I don't think he took advantage of the situation. He was set up with two Hall of Famers, and he could have done more. I, I will go to the grave saying that. Now, do I think he's in a better position in Portland? A million percent. I think, I think both entities needed a, a change. I, I definitely agree there. But I just don't – I just don't buy the notion that because he didn't get the ball as much as he wanted – that it was solely on everybody else to make that happen. I felt like he could have done more to make that happen. Well, the one thing he could have did more was get on the offensive glass. That's it. You can't like you can't make somebody give you the ball. You can't make the coach run plays to get you the ball. Play with a lot of big guys. Like they depend on you to get them the ball. Like they they they're not going to get the rebound and dribble the ball up. 
<laughs> so, no, he needed his teammates to give him the ball more. But on that team, especially last year, last few years, he wasn't going to get his touches. Like, plays weren't run for him. Like, yeah, the ball was in Chris Paul's hand. Then it was in Devin's hand. Then it was in Mikhail's hands. Then when KD came, it was in KD's hands. No, it wasn't going to get to his hands. And so because of that, he would go up and down the court four or five times and would not get touches. He just would not get touches. Yeah. So what happens mentally is you kind of like downgrade. You know, you kind of get lackadaisical because you don't think you're going to get it. And then what happens, he's in a position and they throw it to him and it looks like he wasn't ready. But four or five times before that, he was ready, didn't get it. So, it's like I said, it's a combination of the two. I'm not making any excuse for DeAndre. You supposed to adhere to your job description. Your job description was you weren't going to get the ball a lot, go get it off the glass, run the court, right, block shots, do the other things to help your team win. That's what you're supposed to do. He did not grasp onto that. He had an issue with it. And so because he had an issue with it, that sometimes he, get, he got caught flat-footed. And it was embarrassing, right? He got mm-hmm. caught where he wasn't moving or he wasn't ready to catch it. And that's all because he probably went to a minute or two prior to that and didn't touch it and he was open. Happens to every basketball player. Sure. No, I know. But the thing is, it's about winning. And I think that's why they made the move because I don't think they felt that he was conducive to doing his job at a subservient level to help them win. And they believe Nurkic can do it because Nurkic is not going to command. He's going to command the ball a little bit now. Don't get me wrong. I saw him in Portland. He likes to score. Yeah, he does. But I think that he's going to be more, uh, I think, smooth with being able to integrate himself with the team and understand his role. And so that's what I would say about the DeAndre Ayton situation. Like, you know, the the kid's still young. I think he is what he is. He doesn't. He he has a motor, but he doesn't use it. Uh, and I think in Portland now, because the light is going to be on him. One, he's going to be mad that Suns traded him. He's going to want to prove a point, and he's going to get his touches. So because of all that, he's going to get better numbers, but it might it won't lead to better wins. And that's what he's going to find out. You got your numbers now, but you're not winning. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Also, you're in Portland. And unless you're a Portland fan, you're probably not watching a lot of those games. So you're not going to get the attention that you probably are seeking. Um, again, man, like I, I, I love DA. I, I, I thought I had very, very high hopes for him. Um, I thought the first two seasons, you know, I'll, listen, I think the one thing that, that carried over through the five years was which DA are we going to get? Which DA are we going to get? Which DA are we going to get? Now, you know, honestly, I was sick of shit of hearing that all the time because you just knew – to expect the unexpected with him. You didn't know which DA you were going to get. In the first two years of his career, prior to Chris Paul, like he had an opportunity to, 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 to take advantage of those situations. And there were even times then where you know he would get the ball more than he was getting later on in, in, in the latter part of his tenure here. And still, relatively the same results. And so that's, that's where I keep going with, he's such a conundrum. You never know the highs and the lows, what you're going to get on a day-to-day basis. And the talent is there. You know the talent is there. And I think that's the frustrating part for this, for everybody. Is like, you know that the talent is there. And if he would have, and if he was able to put it all together, then, then this team would have, we all know this team would have been the championship favorite year in, year out. But because he didn't, 
there was a drop-off, and that drop-off was severe enough for the Suns to get bounced in the second round the last two years and miss and, and, and lose in the finals uh, the, the year prior. Right. So, you know, there's there's the ups and downs, and that's just, man, that is the roller coaster that has been right. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, it is. But, again, he is what he is, man. And, like, when I call Suns games, it's like I got to a point where I stopped talking about what he should do and just what he's doing. Because in every basketball player, every athlete, even though we might have an opinion of them, like we look at DeAndre, seven foot one, two. Yeah. He's long, he can run, he can jump. Uh, he's got a nice shooting stroke. Uh, he's cat quick when he wants to be. We're seeing all of that. But now you gotta go execute it. That's like having a Porsche, man, and you just don't, you know, you just driving low, in low gear. You're like, you're not even trying to, drive fast, but you're capable of doing it. And so you get to a point where that guy's not gonna drive fast in his car. He's not gonna race me. So I'm not gonna even worry about him. I'm gonna go to the next guy. That's DeAndre. He is what he is. And after five years, when you get 26 men in this league, if you haven't like started to move up and just, you know, start to in your prime, like dominate and your numbers get big, you can look at every athlete, Saul, Playing the NBA especially, you'll see the first few years, they're learning, right? And then they'll hit 24, 25, 26. That's when you explode, right? He's in those years, and he's not exploding. So it, he is what he is. But the change of scenery, I think, is going to help him individually. I just don't know if it's going to help him from a winning perspective. Do you have a feeling that – and I thought about this last night. Do you have a feeling that we're all going to look back at this like 20 years down the road and – and we're all going to be like, and, and even DA and Book and, and whoever else was involved in this organization will sit there and be like, man, I wish I wish we would have understood this, this, and this. You know what I mean? You said about a lot of people, man. Benoit Benjamin, maybe I know you remember him, right? Yeah, yeah. Benoit Benjamin was a talented basketball player. Played against him when he was on the Clippers, when he draft, got drafted. He was a teammate of mine in Seattle. Love him to death. One of the nicest dudes you ever want to be around. It could dominate. Block shots, could score, could run, strong in the post, can defend when he wanted to. But it's when he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And it was nothing, trust me, He, if he was sitting here today, he'll tell you. It's times he wanted to kill me. I would embarrass him so much, knowing that if he decided to kick my butt, he could have easily, right? But I knew he wouldn't because he, he knew I was telling the truth, that he was lazy, that off the court he didn't do the things necessary to be in shape. All the things I was telling him. Dude used to take about 50 pills. He had like all these bottles of nutrients on the table. And I said, see, we go out and we run sprints to get in shape. This Nick and Poop, he take pills to get in shape. <laughs> you know, and yeah. he'll just look at me like he wanted to kill me. And Benoit had a subpar career. Well, he's a talented basketball player. It's a lot of guys like that. And DeAndre's on the cusp of being awakened. That you need to reach your potential. Like Portland is going to invest in you to see if you have it. And if you don't have it, they're going to trade you. Yeah. They're going to move you somewhere else. I mean, they're in that mode now of just moving so they can get the right pieces. So it might not be over for DeAndre if he shows up in Portland and he doesn't give them all-out effort. Yeah. Wow. 
That's that was that's wild, man. To think that you know you're a number one overall draft pick. Um, you know, listen, I I do agree that that it was it is a wake up call to a certain degree, but I also think it's a wake up call that he was he was. Um, I think he wanted this too. Like, I don't think it was just the Suns that that wanted a new change. And um, there's a there's a lot of stuff going out on on Twitter. You know, Wendy and, and his group have put out a podcast, and they talked about all the things that were going on behind the scenes and how the organization felt. And you guys can go check that stuff out. We played a little bit with Charles Barkley here, but too many um, people around. Like, uh, yes. uh, let me say this: Look, since day one, yes, too many, yes, too many people, yes. and that's why I've used Benoit Benjamin as the example. Like Benoit Benjamin. When I first, when he first came to our team, he got traded from the Clippers. Uh, I think we sent them Odin Polonies, I believe. Uh, but he showed up at practice, and George Carl's the coach. He walked into practice, and he was a little late because he was taking his physical and all that. So we were happy. We were like, okay, let's see what this dude got. So he walked into practice, and behind him, now you got to remember at this point in time, Don King was his agent. Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! Don King. Oh Jesus! So That's he not walks good. in, and we're in practice and stuff. And then behind him was about eight dudes, and they all had Team Benjamin leather jackets on. Now Jeff Hamilton is a tremendous designer in L.A. Good friend of mine. Makes a lot of leather jackets and things of that nature. He made the, he's the one that started the eight ball jackets, stuff mm. like that. And Benoit had Team Benjamin, eight guys walk in with Team Benjamin. So after about four days, you know, I'm always, you know, I bother you, right? So I'm sitting there in practice and they sitting over there and I turned around. I was like, okay, what do you do for Benoit? Oh, I, you know, I, 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 I put his clothes out. Okay, what do you do for him? <laughs> I'm in security. Uh, what do you do for him? Well, you know, I just, you know, I drive him everywhere. What do you do for him? Well, I, you know, I take care of his bills and everything at the house. What do you do for him? Well, I'm just a friend. I just hang around. Why? I just, I shook my head, man. They, I just, I, I remember I turned to Nate McMillan after that. I said, he'll be broke. He'll be broke really soon. The the first day, um, here's a little side story. So the first day I ever did media day working for Fox Sports Arizona, um, we got one on ones with all the players. Mm -hmm. And I remember I remember no no other person had a team around him outside of DeAndre Aiden. Not even Book. Book showed up. Like he, no, everybody had an escort. Everybody had a team escort to go from one place to the other and sit in the room to make sure that you know nothing crazy was happening in terms of like questions and stuff. But Devin doesn't have an entourage. No, but Da did, and his team came in and they were, they, it was a lot. And and from that at, at that point in time, I even thought, man, like, no, like that that's way too many. That's way too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Like and and, and I know. You know he he's from the island, uh, and and he likes to to give to family, and that's just how he was raised and stuff like that. But there's also other people on the external that are trying to get into that, um, and have gotten into that as well, and and advising him no. on and X, Y, and Z. And it's not always the best way to go about doing things because you'll find out real soon when all that money runs out who's really on your side. Nothing good about having people around you that's not working, and you're working. Then after practice, when you're tired, you come home, they are just awakening, 
and they have all this energy and then they want to drag you out for more. Mm-hmm. And you never get a chance to recover and all of that. And that's, that's what I told Benoit at one point in time. I said, dude, you got all these dudes waiting for you to come home, man. And you come home and then they grabbing you to go somewhere and you just worked. We got a game tomorrow. What's your mentality? Yeah. And, and you know, DeAndre's got – he's got too many guys around. Uh, 240 of you in the chat watching our show right now. Appreciate you. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Give us a like, please. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, let's talk about the other side of this this trade. Um, we'll get into the rest of the Sun stuff here in a minute. But uh, Damian Lillard, we, we've talked about him uh, a couple times on this show. Damian Lillard is now going to the Milwaukee Bucks. Eddie – I am opposed to the national narrative that the Bucks got significantly better because I don't believe that they got significantly better. I think they got better offensively by without a doubt. But Drew Holiday is, first of all, a phenomenal player. Um, plays that he plays both sides of the ball, and he's a ter- terrific teammate. Defensively, they took a step back. They did because Drew Holiday is a pain in the ass for any backcourt in the league. And he has been, certainly been that way for the Suns um, going back to the NBA Finals. Drew Holiday, I think people are undervaluing what Drew Holiday brings. Now, going back to your point about DA in terms of fit, I do think that maybe this fit for Dame versus Drew might be better for the Bucks, but I don't think it's significantly better to the point where they are the clear favorites in the East or even in, in the NBA period. I think that they're marginally better because, because they lost a significant portion on the defensive side. Yeah, but they got enough defense to cover for him. So I hear what you're saying. Two holidays, a monster defensively, but they have enough. Like behind Dame, they got enough. They got Giannis, they got Lopez. Like they, they, they got guys behind him that can protect him. Dame never had that in Portland. Like he had, I think he had about four or five years ago uh, when they had a team that went pretty deep in the playoffs, I believe. The bubble. Yeah. No, no, it was before the bubble, I think. He had the wing defenders. He had Batum. He had a couple other guys. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of wing defenders on that team. And he was protected. And I think he'll be protected on this Bucs team. Uh, you're right. Uh, we don't know how much more he's going to elevate them. They had the best record in the league last year, right? So we don't know. But this is what I will tell you. Most NBA games come down to the last two to three minutes. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah, yeah. That's where they won. Like, most of their games are going to come down to the last two or three minutes because they're good, right? They were the favorite even before the trade. So if that's the case, now they're a problem. Because in the last two or three minutes, that dude, Dame Lillard, is a problem. And that's where they won the trade, is that Giannis now doesn't have to have the pressure of being the go-to guy, right? He doesn't like to shoot free throws. So now you got a guy in Lillard that can take over. And Giannis has no issue with it because Chris Middleton was the guy that would take over, right? Yeah, yeah. And so also on top of it, Drew Holiday was the guy that they would leave open more than they would Chris Middleton. Now they're going to leave Chris Middleton open. So that's where they improve. Okay. Uh, so they're going to be a problem. 
Uh, and then he's going to be hungry. You know, he wants to prove himself. You know, he's talked about not ever wanting to leave Portland and he don't want to join and all of that. Well, Dane, you didn't join, but you did make sure that you had to go to a good team. And uh, you were okay with going with, to Milwaukee, even though you wanted to go to Miami. So, and then, you know, uh, last year, True got kind of exposed. Defense leaves you before your offense. Mm. Right? You know this. Yeah. And well, I mean, Jimmy I never Butler had defense, worked but him yeah. over. He worked through Holiday over. Jimmy Butler's not somebody you scared to death. That, to, you know, it wasn't like that Michael Jordan. No, but Jimmy Butler's a different kind of dude, though. You know that. But, but I'm talking about from a scoring aspect. I know. Like, but I, I, I would be scared of Jimmy Butler because I know if he misses three shots in a row, he's not shooting anything. Yeah, but more. Jimmy Butler is, 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 a, in a, is an aggressive all-around okay. player. That's, all, that's fine. And that's what's going to wear down somebody he, like that. No, but, but he wasn't being overly aggressive on Drew Holiday. He was freaking shooting jumpers over the top of him, posting them up, and abused them. And I'm just saying, a lot of times defensively, guys start to lose that lateral quickness and that mm a little bit, and guys take advantage of it. And I think that was a, a re- alert to them as well. But we'll see how it works out, man. Okay. Like, you know, True Holiday is going to be in demand here uh, wherever he goes because he's not going to stay in Portland. Um, but – the Dame Lillard Giannis dynamic is is going to be a problem. Well, we're going to talk about Drew Holiday going elsewhere here in a second, but a lot of you are, man, the the chat is feisty right now. Uh, they're they're feisty going at each other in the chat. Uh, I love the intensity, uh, but uh, some of y'all need a little bit of OG's calm down. Remember, OG's is the best edible in the game. Uh, if you want to find out where the closest dispensary is to you, go to ogsbrands.com. Check it out. Find the closest dispensary. Get yourself some fruits, some creams. Most of y'all need some Indicas to just chill, level out a little bit. It ain't that serious. Like, hey, it's all basketball. We're all going to live. Everything's going to be all right. Uh, and uh, and some of y'all need some RSOs or some uh, happy balance. Uh, a lot of y'all need some happy balance in your life. Uh, you happy balance to start the day by joining our show, and I appreciate that. So go to OGsBrands.com. And remember, you must be 21 years of age and older. Make sure you follow them on social, too, at OGs Brands. Um, on Instagram and on Twitter. And remember, enjoy responsibly. Let's talk about a power shift. It's going to be ironic because there's multiple teams right now that are in the Drew Holiday sweepstakes. One of them being Miami. One of them being um, the Clippers. Another one being the Golden State Warriors. And wouldn't it be ironic as hell if the Golden State Warriors were to trade with the Portland Trailblazers for Drew Holiday by sending Chris Paul to Portland to team up with DeAndre Aiden. And Chris Maddox had said this so much. Uh, Golden State could quickly become a front runner for Drew Holiday. Warriors have, have the contract, blue chip prospects, um, and the draft capital to get it done. Uh, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, it would be. Uh, I don't even know how DA would feel about I that. I don't think Chris Paul will stay. Uh, in Portland, if that happens, I think he'll probably wind up somewhere in Miami or somewhere. I know he doesn't want to go that far because his family has been staying in L.A. throughout this whole process of him being away. Uh, so that would be devastating for him. Uh, what about Chris going back to the Clippers? Uh, because they're looking for a point guard. 
they obviously not going to get hardened. And so now you got True Holiday out there and Golden State jumps in the mix. It could be possibly Chris Paul. Who knows? Uh, yeah, that would be ironic. I don't think Chris would stay in Portland. Like he's 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 over trying to change teams. I think he wants to win. And I actually believe that from what I understand that, you know, the players of Golden State really love Chris. They've been working out. So they're really enjoying him being there. And uh, so Golden State just, well, they just think they're going to beat people with the small ball. They did before. Mm-hmm. And obviously they got, you know, they got fortunate a couple of years ago. And they faced an inexperienced Boston team. And they beat them in a final. But I'm not buying it. I'm, yeah. I'm not buying that they would chase True uh, Holiday. I just don't. I don't. I don't see that fit. I. I think Chris, in a weird way, fits Golden State more than True Holiday, because, you know, True Holiday is more of a defensive guy, facilitator than score. Like Chris is a better shooter within that system, I believe, and I think he's a better facilitator. So it all depends, but you know they're trying to go small ball. I just don't think it's going to work. I think their days of small ball are over. Drew to the Clippers makes a lot of sense, to be honest with you, because yeah, I, you know, because they like to muck it up as well. And yeah, and they don't a perfect combination there. And I'm sure that they're going to be going gung ho. I don't think he fits in Miami. I don't. I don't. I think they need offense, man. That's the reason why they chase Dame Lillard. They need scoring yeah. more so than defenders. So. All right. Well, we told you we would get to it and we're going to get to it. And I think the, you know, the, we need to talk about the remaining pieces of this trade. Um, we're going to talk about the, the main piece that came over in this trade. Emma, uh, can I get that graphic, please? Yes. Uh, Grayson Allen <laughs> to the Valley. <laughs> Grayson Allen. You're a big fan of Grayson Allen. Uh, I just want to let everybody know it is time to embrace the dark side of the suns. Because Grayson Allen is here and he's not going anywhere. He is not going to get traded away. He is going to be part of this organization and this team. Uh, and I know there's a lot of people that are not big Grayson Allen fans. And that's putting it mildly. There was a lot of hate on social yesterday. There was a lot of hate in the comments yesterday, in our chat yesterday. People are not happy. But there is another portion of Suns fans that are like, you know what? We always try to be the good guy. It's time to embrace the bad it's like let's let's just let's just embrace this grimy mentality and and maybe this is what we needed to have happen so we can win a championship ultimately not saying that grayson allen is the missing piece by any stretch of the imagination don't get me wrong but you know what i'm tired of pat bev doing stupid shit to us i would like our own pat bev to do stupid shit to other teams (laughs) yeah i mean grayson allen look he's an irritant but he's not somebody you're afraid of that, you know, it's going to hurt you. He's done some silly stuff, uh, you know, tripping guys in college and, and doing some stuff. He's taking some cheap shots, but people taking cheap shots on him. Like, I don't get into all of that at all. Uh, I I like Patrick Beverly if he was on my team. I just don't like him on other teams. So this kid can shoot the ball, man. I believe we'll have the best three-point shooting team in the league. Yeah. I don't know if any team out there right now has the complement of three-point shooters like we do on this team. Think about that second unit. Yeah. You have uh, Gordon, Grayson, Yuta uh, in the corner. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. And that's not D-op to mention the other shoot, guys, obviously. D-op can shoot the three. Uh, you know, you got 
You got uh, Steph Curry's, uh, you know, brother-in-law on there. Damian, Damian Lee. Lee. Okay, you got Damian Lee, who's top of the league, you know, all most of the year last year in three-point shooting. And don't discount the fact that Kevin Durant, tremendous three-point shooter. Devin, tremendous three-point shooter. Bradley Beal shoot the three. A ton of three-point shooting. And mm. I don't want too many threes because though I just wanted enough to those guys can operate because all three of the guys that I just mentioned are all tremendous mid-range players too. So no, it's it's a great compliment, man. I look, I didn't, have, I had no idea the Suns could go out and really get the combination of players that they got. Picking up Aaron Gordon was unbelievable, because if one of those guys have to take a game off, this guy can step in and give you twenty. Mm -hmm. uh, so the points aren't going to be a problem. Uh, Nasir Little can play, people. I don't know if people understand how good this young kid is. Uh, he can run. He becomes automatically one of the better athletes on the team. He can shoot the ball. Uh, he just hasn't got an opportunity to grow as he would. But now he'll be able to maybe fight for that fifth spot. The challenge is really this side's going to be soft. You only got one spot open, right? And so – In the he, starting five. Yes. Yes. And so what's going to happen is it's going to be a – competition to who can get that fifth spot and it's gonna be in motion the whole year meaning you might have the fifth spot but say you start struggling somebody else is gonna get it and then somebody else is gonna get it and so what it does is it forces these guys to be concentrated and ready to play non-stop when they're sitting on their bench because they know at any given time because they all can shoot the three they're gonna get their chance and man, that that to me is just promotes competition, mm -hmm. and that's why I think the Suns' bench is going to be really good and well concentrated because they know any of them have would have a chance to play. You know, let's it, obviously I was being a little tongue in cheek with the Grayson Allen thing being the most important part of this trade. We, you know, you just brought Nasir Little. Um, he's got he's got a nice jumper. He's mm -hmm. he you know he can shoot from the perimeter. He can hit the pull up. Very athletic, as and you mentioned. Nasty De in the paint. De defensively, he's solid. Like, he's a good player. Uh, but the one piece that everybody's been talking about, obviously, has been Yusuf Nurkic. All right. Um, so let's break him down a little bit. Yusuf Nurkic comes to this, to, to this team, and by most accounts, especially when you talk to people at Portland, has some, of the, uh, some similar traits as DeAndre Aiden in terms of when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off. And so a little bit up and down. But I would say that... You know, it's a little easier to say that when you're talking about a team that is relatively never competitive, um, you know, for a playoff spot or, or, or anything. Now you're coming to a team with a bunch of, uh, of dogs, so to speak, that want to win a championship. You know what's on the line. Uh, he hasn't been the same player since he snapped his leg a couple seasons ago, I think 2019. But what are you expecting from Yusuf this season? What do you see when you when you watched him play? What do you like about his game? What do you think people are kind of sleeping on him at? Well, a guy that's going to have a lot more energy to really concentrate defensively on the other end. As you noted, not as spry as he used to be because of the injury a couple of years ago. Takes up a ton of space. He's one of the strongest players in the league. You uh, throw the ball up, he'll go get it. Uh, it's a lot of intangibles that he has. Uh, the other intangible is I think he understands how to still stay concentrated despite not getting the ball. And I think he's going to understand that. But he's going to get one-on-one -on -one coverage. He's going to get more open opportunities than he ever had in Portland. 
Uh, it's just so many good things that can come out of this. But here's the thing. You either were going to create an antidote for Jokic in one or two ways. Either go small, like Golden State's doing, right? Uh, they're going to just think that they're going to play small ball to win. Or <clears throat> you're going to go big, right? Suns went big. And I agree with the going big part. And they went big with a guy in Nurkic that knows Jokic as well as anybody. They were on the same team in Denver. By the fact, Nurkic was more highly thought of than Jokic at first. And then Jokic obviously blew past him and they traded Nurkic to Portland. So he knows his moves, he knows his tendencies, and it's not gonna totally stop him, but at least it gives a better deterrent uh, to Nikola Jokic. So that's why I like it. Uh, but Nurkic can score the ball. He'll have games where he's gonna get 20 and 12 and 15. He's gonna do the same thing, but I think his physicality is going to stand out more than DeAndre's, and I think that's going to be the difference. I think he's also a little bit of a better passer overall, yeah. especially yeah, from yeah. the perimeter. And he can also – listen, you know, one of the things that has been brought up is that um, uh, is that spacing was an issue too. And, and this is what I will say about this, you know, like Flex and I were talking about this last night about like sometimes when you go play pickup ball, right, you might have a really, really good player on your team, but he doesn't fit your five – better than maybe somebody that's not as good, but they they understand their role a little bit better for everybody else to thrive a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the situation here. DeAndre Aiden, I feel like, is a, is the better player for sure. But your, Nurkic might fit this system and these players a little bit more, specifically by opening up the, the interior because Nurkic can hit the three. He can shoot the three. Uh, and so that widens things out. We saw a little bit of that last year with Jock. Um, even though Jock wasn't shooting, you know, at a high clip at all, he was still a threat from the perimeter. So he had to keep people a little bit honest. And I know that KD and book really enjoyed that freedom of movement when he was in the lineup, DA kind of, kind of condensed that a little too much. And so they didn't get the, the clean looks that, that they typically would like to. Uh, and I know that's a, that was a concern. So when we're talking about fit versus performance, I think this is one of those areas where Nurkic might fit better for what this team needs at the at the moment, than DeAndre. Yeah, it's not about talent. Like you're seeing people on the thread, they they, they you, you, people don't get it. It's not about talent. It's about fit. Like the Suns have never won a championship. Okay, so what are they gonna do? There's only one player left in this organization that went to the finals a couple of years ago, and that's Devin. What you're trying to do is have fit to win. It's not about the individual talent. So what Nurkic can bring, hopefully, if he stays healthy, uh, is areas where the Suns were lacking. And that's it. They don't need a dominant center. They don't need a scoring center. What they need is a guy that's going to do dirty work, Stephen Adams-like, okay? They're going to do dirty work. They're going to take up space. They're going to play team ball. They're going to rebound the ball. Make things difficult on people. Yes, of course he's not going to stop Jokic. Who said yeah, he no, was? Nobody But is. make him work harder. That has nothing to do with it, okay? I didn't think anybody could ever stop me on the basketball court. But they could make me work harder. I had to work harder to get my numbers. They still were going to get drilled. But I was going to be tired. You get it? I mean, that's yeah. the way you approach it. So, for me, I mean, that's why you make the deal. But if you want to keep it for talent, then yeah, DA, DA definitely has the more skilled talent 
areas that you can look at, but it's about winning, man. We don't care nothing about scoring and talent in this town now. We're trying to win a title. Yeah, yeah. We got a couple super chats. Uh, appreciate you all giving us some love. Uh, Corey Flynn, uh, too many shooting guards, question mark, and, and no point guards? Should have picked up a, a point guard, yeah? Well, again, they, they, they have the kid, Goodwin, who came over from Washington. Mm -hmm. They like to keep him, obviously. Uh, Devin can play point guard. We just don't want to see him playing a ton of it. Uh, we'll see. Training camp will expose some things. Uh, practice games, you know, ex exhibition games will expose some things. And then if if that happens, it's, it's guards still in the league that, look, let's just put it where it is. The Suns don't need a point guard that creates. All right? They don't. Because they got three players on their team that know how to create in the half court. Okay? In book, K KD, and Bill. They know how to create. They've been doubled their entire career. They know when to get rid of the ball. They know how to get rid of the ball. We don't need somebody to dribble it up and get everybody in offense. All we need is somebody to dribble the ball up on a fast break, boom, 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 get it to these guys, or dribble it up fast, give it to one of those guys, and get the hell out of the way. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. So we don't need a prototypical point guard now with this group. That's, I agree. That's the difference. So get off this tangent. Oh, they need a point guard. They need somebody that can dribble the ball up, don't turn it over against pressure, get it in the hands of KD, book a bill, and then get the hell out of the way. Go stand behind the three-point line and get your feet ready because you might get an open shot. That's it. Brian Abdallah said, you see if Nurk plays or not or closes games. I see what you did there, Brian. Nice job. Um, <clears throat> going back to the chat real quick, there was another question. Um, he said, this team can't match up with teams with athletic bigs. The Lakers, Pels, T-Wolves, Memphis will be matchup nightmares for the Suns. I disagree. I think Drew Eubanks is plenty athletic enough to match up with some of those bigs across the league. Um, you know, and, and then obviously Bo Bowles had his issues defensively. We won't even, we won't even try to, 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 to make that seem like it's not an issue. Um, but again, Frank Vogel, he's, he's here for a specific reason. And that reason is because you knew you're going to have playmakers. You knew you're going to have scoring, but what you didn't know what you're going to have is defense. And defensively. Now you have a guy that's his, that's his hallmark. He's, he's been very successful across the league, Indiana, the Lakers, with defense. And I think that's what he's going to bring to the table. And they'll be able to throw some things at teams that, that they're not ready for. So I have no problem. I think, I think we're plenty athletic. We're definitely a, a long, and lengthy long. team. Yes. You know what I mean? So I think athletically, that, I, don't, I don't agree with that comment. No, we might have one of the <clears throat> tallest teams in the, in the league. Okay? Orlando's tall down there. And we might the Lakers had a, had a, have a tall team, long guys, but we might have the longest. You think about think about a lineup right now, of KD, Bol Bol, okay, and what's the other uh, the Diop kid is what six ten, six eleven. I mean, we got long guys. You have Nurkic in there with them. We got length across across the court. So that is not an issue. Okay. It is not an issue size It's toughness being able to rebound the ball, rebound the ball and go. 
that's where the advantage is going to be for our team. If we rebound the ball, that other team, no matter how big they are, are in trouble going the other way because we're running. Yeah. Golden State won what? Four titles over the last number of years? How damn big were they? Not very big. Not very big at all. <clears throat> Guys, we appreciate you today. Uh, that was fantastic. Thank you for the comments and the questions. Thanks for the activity. 320 of you here. Make sure you hit that like button because that helps us in the algorithm and, and spreads the love. And we appreciate that very much. So hit that on your way out. Uh, but for for now, that's it. That's it, Eddie. Really? Is you anything you else you want to bring? You know, you know, I actually forgot about it. <laughs> Oh man, all we gotta do is win today. And if you guys lose, we we got a playoff spot. I hope you guys, man. What'd you think when he dropped the fly ball, Eddie? It was brutal. Man, were you crying? No. No. Well, why would I do that? Why I would I cry? Know. I don't know, man. No. Like I pull from my teams, but you don't get I'm that emotional. Crying. I cried enough. Did when you cuss? I failed. No. No. I cried enough when I failed. Okay. No, I just right. look at it like I can't believe he dropped it. I yeah. tweeted out brutal. No, I, look, I, I'm 64. You know, I look like I'm 40. You know what I'm saying? You know it. So know even that. though I look like I'm 40, I am over stressing out, crying, being sad for for players and teams that lose when I can't control the outcome. I'm over that. I did enough of that in my life. Chicago's had it kind of rough these last. I couple did. Weeks. That's fine. I did enough of that in my life. They look. They got a tired pitching staff right now. Our closer is out. Okay, so obviously we can't close games, and we're losing games by one run. So it's not like we're playing poorly. No, we're yeah. just losing games by one run because our pitching staff has run out of gas, which is amazing. These pitchers don't even pitch long, and they're running out of gas. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I mean, analytics, you analytic robots, you messed up baseball, too. You, you didn't <laughs> messed up baseball, too, you nerds. Did the I'll tell they messed up baseball. They got these dudes thinking they got to come out of a game when they only pitch 70 damn pitches. And now they get on them late in the year when they can't finish six innings. It's because of you. Okay. <laughs> All right, I remember when pitchers used to pitch freaking 13 damn innings and throw 140 pitches. Now you all done convinced everybody they should only pitch 70 pitches. It's you, nerds. It's you, robotic animals in your cubicles that has done that to baseball. And it just drives me nuts. I'm done now. All right. I was going to bring up the Bears, but then the Broncos lost by 50 points, and I don't feel the need to bring up the Bears because they're definitely – I know. It's the shit bowl this week. Uh, Broncos versus Bears in Chicago. They're 0-3. They uh, might turn it around. What have You've seen these those games. So? They look awful. No. The, the Packer game, they didn't look awful. They they The Packers, they got some turnovers, and the game blew away from them. The Buccaneer game, I thought was a good game. Okay, that's not true. Last week was a problem. But who did they lose to? They lost to the freaking Super Bowl champion. Like the Cardinals going to go into Kansas City and beat them. We just beat the Cowboys. 
That's the cowboy. They're not going to go so beat it's not, Mahomes. So that's not anything to be proud of, dog. They're not going to beat is. Mahomes. Oh, it's always, uh, you know, listen, Emma, don't be a casual, okay? It's always a good day when you beat the Dallas fucking Cowboys, okay? Like, that's always something to be uh And I was uh, happy for the Cardinals, but come on. It's expected. It's expected. It's 0 3. We could turn it around. Okay. Maybe if we fire the whole damn coaching staff Mm -hmm. in Chicago. There it is. That's what I was waiting for, folks. If you want to follow him at Jumpshot8 on Twitter, please do so. You could also follow follow his. Serious XM See, NBA was, Radio, dude, 1 had, to 4 Pacific Dude, I just time. practiced it. I was ready to go today, man. All right. Well, you can follow him on Serious Satellite Radio. You can also follow me on Twitter at Saul underscore book. And then follow the show uh, at PHNX underscore Suns. We're going to have way more stuff on the trade and, and the ramifications of it coming up today at 3 o'clock. So join us then. Until next time, peace. Tight shirt.